Welcome to Swift Coaches Academy, a podcast dedicated to bringing health and wellness professionals the uncensored truth behind what it really takes to succeed in the health industry with me, your host, Zania Wood. As an accredited exercise physiologist and business owner for almost a decade, I'm on a mission to transform the lives of ambitious health professionals like you who want more and are ready to take action to create incredible impact in your careers and unlock financial freedom in your business. So join me as I speak candidly with industry leaders about the struggles and successes from within the trenches through thought-provoking conversations. In this episode, we have Zinnia's conversation with personal trainer and writer for several of the world's top fitness publications, Andrew Coates. From life to business to coaching, today's chat dives into the law of reciprocity and an no-BS approach to creating a sustainable and fulfilling career in the health industry. Stay tuned to the very end so you don't miss out on the solid advice Andrew has for those in this industry. Locked and loaded, Andrew Coates. Pretty infamous uh, in the industry. Um, already Infamous. <laughs> in- infamous. Infamous implies infamous implies almost villainous. So, but I'll, oh, I'll, let, no. I'll let you take take this where you want. No, no, definitely not. I think um, having a look at you know your growth through social media in particular has been really cool to see, and I think where I where we'll start is where you started. I know that you know coming up to thirteen years in the industry done more than 20,000 hours in person, writing for major publications, Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health Magazine. So um, reputable in your own right with your clients and and one-to-one care, but then also all of the blog writing and stuff that you've been doing. I'd love to rewind back to how that started and how you got the condensed version of how you got to where you are right now. All right. So there's a lot of being in the right place at the right time, which is almost invariably the story with anybody, you know, it's, it's luck, but it's the putting the hard work in so that you can benefit from luck. As you said, I'm creeping up on 13 years in the industry. I started late in life. I had been enthusiastic about working out for a very long time in sports growing up, but I was not in any sort of like interested way with a career at 32 years of age and I just kept getting bothered by the staff at the gym that I worked out at to come be a trainer I kept saying no and finally I said all right I'll give this a shot we'll see we'll see what happens right I remember one weekend going I'm totally overwhelmed (laughs) I can't do this Um, fast forwarding it's obviously very interesting but I spent six years at that gym and I somehow got the idea early on you know that this certain number of sessions performed per week per month was kind of the average or the norm and somehow that misconception was actually pretty much the highest number of sessions that anybody would do. And then I proceeded to sustain that number of sessions more or less fairly consistently over the course of six years. So that was a massive accumulation of coaching hours, which turned into a lot of skill, a lot of knowledge as I began to invest in and read resources like T Nation was one of my favorites early or Dr. Lane Norton's nutritional stuff on YouTube, a lot of other really qualified smart people across the industry and of course just by virtue of coaching people and being invested in it i generated a lot of referral business a lot of people walked up to me on the floor of the gym Um, i quickly became the trainer who did the most personal training sessions in that company which is you know edmonton based a city base and one of their top salespeople. and i realized pretty quickly that hey i enjoy this i could make a career out of it 
And then the gym I used to work for, eh, they started falling on hard times. There's a lot of problems internally. So I left, opened my own business at a friend's facility as a contractor. And that broadened my horizon. So I started traveling to a couple of fitness conferences that year. Uh, at one point, I'd met a then new friend who's gone on to become a very close friend named Dean Guido, who wanted me to start a podcast with him. And so that led to more points of interaction with the people that I was meeting along the way or I knew of in the industry. So early guests include people like Sohi Lee, Dr. Mike Isertel, uh, so on and so forth. And those big names brought a lot of listens to our podcast very early. And so after 150 episodes of that podcast, my partner had to leave newborn kid i still continue it on under a different name called the lift free and diet hard podcast i've been doing it almost six years now and that's led to the conversations with a lot of the who's who of the industry leaders and educators so cool and along the way one of those people early on was one of the editors at t nation and because i'd already set up a website thanks to my best friend who built me a website so i could write my own blog articles i've been writing so when we had danny sugar on the podcast that turned into Danny turning around and going, hey, would you come write for us at T Nation? Which, of course, big deal, right? So lean into that, and I've given them stuff over the years pretty consistently. And then, of course, that led to writing to True Coach, and then Generation Iron messaged me out of the blue and like, hey, come write for us, which ultimately turned into Men's uh, Muscle Fitness, Men's Health, Personal Trainer Development Center. And at each step of the way, I didn't necessarily feel like I was ready for these opportunities that were coming my way, but I put myself in a position through traveling and meeting people and supporting other people that these cool things kept happening. And anytime I came up against a skill that, well, I wasn't ready for, I, I said yes to the opportunity and I leaned into it, public speaking. I, again, traveled to a lot of events, support people I met in the industry. And then I started getting invitations to come speak at these events which has really taken off the last couple of years. And so there's going to be some really big ones. I've noticed that. that. That's been kind of crazy. But again, good response to that. And you pour effort into promoting and supporting these events and bringing people to them. And the organizers realize, wait a second, like this speaker brings a lot of attendees. I want the speaker to come back or someone else sees you doing this with some event. And they're like, hey, I want you in my event. So if you go about this stuff with this abundant mindset to support other people, I promise you, the industry just gives back tenfold. But I, yeah. and, and there's a lot of great people like that. But then you encounter idiots who are so short-sighted that they would rather plagiarize someone's post than to actually like share it up in its original form with the other person's name on it, tag them to support them. And there are people that I've caught stealing my content who now they're very blacklisted to me. And, you know, let's say ever came and they're not the sort of people who probably end up speaking at an event but let's say it came up to where i get an invitation to speak at an event and i notice that well this person is a plagiarist i would say to the organizers you know hey like you've already got this person involved i apologize but you know and i'm not gonna say hey you need to kick this person out before i'll speak but i'll say i apologize but i would not you know i will not appear at the same event as this person if i found that they've done something unethical that has not happened yet maybe it will who knows but you know, it's also about integrity, but the bottom line ultimately is if you give and support and share, and instead of just, if you make a lot of deposits into a bank of grace with everybody and you limit your withdrawals, mm -hmm. you build up this massive bank of grace where people turn around, they want you on their podcast and they want you to work with whatever they're doing. And then you have to get really good at, okay, well, what opportunities can I say yes to? And, and what do I just not have the time to to do? So 
I hope there's a, a lot of overarching philosophy there. So I suppose this is a really good question. Are more of your listeners the enthusiast or more of them the coaches? Definitely coaches. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we talk to coaches who are uh, in exercise in some capacity, whether they're allied health or, or personal trainers, um, and then also coaches who run their own business, whether they're solopreneurs or they have a couple of staff. Um, but yeah, so we, we cater to both. Um, and I feel like this, this episode might be a little hybrid um, because you are both um, a business owner, personal brand, and uh, a coach yourself. Um, I think what you said before about um, the abundant mindset and making deposits and not withdrawals is a really, really important point that I'd love to just re-emphasize um, because I think that's huge. And when we first start out, you're like, oh, okay, my capacity is, you know, like 40 clients on the gym floor and that's kind of what it will be. And then people leave the industry because they're like, what else do I do? Like I've, I've hit the cap in year one or year two and you're like, where do I go from there? So I'd love to hear once, you know, maintaining that full client load and then you've transitioned into speaking and writing. How have you managed that? Do you have a team behind you? Um, yeah, what's it look like behind no the scenes? No team. So I, I think the first step is you have to get comfortable with the idea of valuing, valuing yourself and having reasonable boundaries around how you do things. So the earliest work that you're going to do in a career is going to be scale acquisition. You're going to be learning. You're going to be learning sales. You're going to be gaining experience work with clients, you know, the coaching experience. And I think directing your time and effort into learning about nutrition, about marketing and business and sales um, in good technical coaching. All of that stuff that's going to make you a great coach early, I think, is really quite essential. And then I think as we continue to expand our knowledge base when it comes to the fitness side of stuff, we equal we have to pay equal attention to the coaching, the interpersonal, the brand, and then you can start bleeding in more aspects of media. I think the world that I came into this through 13 years ago is very different than the one that exists now, where I think there's a much quicker push to social media. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that people who put social media before truly gaining the skill as the coach, it's it's cart before the horse, classically. I think you can document and authentically say, hey, I am documenting this process and I am learning as I go, as opposed to, quote, faking being the expert early. Um, it will be more endearing to be fallible and relatable as you go. And it's okay to build media following. As you go, and there's all there's a lot of gatekeeping coaches who are old guard who complain about fitness influencers and you know the 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 people. And sure, we know that there are bad faith actors who exist in this space, but if we spend our time and effort focusing on them and complaining about them, we can't control that, and no amount of regulation will make them go away. So instead of that, focus on expanding your own skill set, taking care of the person in front of you, then. As your skills expand and your relationships are strong and your referral network is awesome, you can then turn around and go, all right, well, I can't serve all the people coming in. So therefore, I'm going to increase the value of my time and be comfortable saying a simple formula is, okay, if you're pretty full, you can then turn around and decide immediately that your new session rate is 5 or $10 more than it used to be. And you say to your existing clients, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. Anybody new coming in is coming in at this rate. I'm going to grandfather you guys for another six months, a year, whatever you want. Don't promise a lifetime because that you'll have to go back on that eventually. So don't do that. 
And what they're going to do is they're going to realize, well, they're sort of getting a sale price. Right? And by the way, guys, stop offering sales prices. Seriously, stop discounting. <laughs> that's that's just discounting your value. And it's communicate. It's it's catering to clients who are going to be a bigger pain in your ass. And it's catering to clients who are shopping on price, not value. Mm. And even if it costs you a few clients, I promise you, you're better off. Leave the room in your schedule. Get Don't have the stress that those people are going to create. And if you yeah. have good energy going out into everybody else, I promise you more people will find you. That's been my experience. Totally. So increasing your rate over time as you invest in yourself, which will actually help with the livelihood side of things. And then, of course, be just a little bit smart about how you spend your money and your, your lifestyle and what have you, and you'll have room. You'll be fine. And then over time, I, I think another gatekeeping thing is to say, oh, you have to have a minimum of five years working in person before you go online. That's also rubbish now, too, because if you say that, no one's going to listen to you because the new coaches are doing it hybrid. They're learning both at the same time. So instead of gatekeeping that, why don't we just help those coaches do it better with integrity um, instead of leaving them to the grifters who will sell them overpriced online coaching you know, platforms uh, and just kind of take their money and not really set them up for success. So let's have those newer coaches learn those skills concurrently and it's like anything, like a new trainer stepping in on the ground floor probably doesn't really know what they're doing compared to the experienced trainer. So why is it okay for someone to fumble and learn through trial and error in person, but yet it's not okay online? And I do think that online skill is more challenging. I really do think it's harder. And I think that you will be better off if you have in-person skill before you trans transition online. But still, some people are going to go there quicker. So we may as well support those people with resources. Okay. If you can complement your in-person with online, then you're able to be a bit more flexible with your schedule, the hours that are harder to fill. You can use that time to coach your online clients and you can grow your income. You could look at really genuinely learning how to be a good nutrition coach. You can expand that offering, whether it's doing precision nutrition or renaissance periodizations, new uh, nutrition certification, which I beta tested and now I'm doing the actual course just because they gifted to me for beta testing it. And you're going to learn a lot of good skill that way. So you can increase your options. And then don't don't go offering discount codes on rubbish nonsense on, you know, if you're doing this, guys, sorry, I'm going to be blunt. But these these Appreciate are, it. We're, we, we're like this around here. So good company. These, these, are, these are withdrawals. When, you, when you're selling stuff like this and you're lending your name to very mediocre brands, these things that are spamming you that, you know, that, that these spam bots literally are just like they want everybody so they haven't self they haven't selected you to some premium thing if nike comes down the pipe and says we're gonna pay you a million dollars for this or under armor okay you take a good look at that or something legit otherwise just this stuff is not worth it it's a waste of your time it looks spammy and salesy and it its appearance on your media will make a fairly substantial withdrawal from your credibility and relationship mm -hmm. with the people that you're marketing to same thing goes for selling and marketing supplements that stuff's rubbish. Get off of that, okay? And it, it's about playing the long game. It's having the view that, all right, I'm in this for the long game. I want to be successful. And if you look at the decisions you make and who you align yourself with and and the brands and the people that you affiliate with, you know, are these people who represent great integrity in the industry? And if you're not a confident yes, then I, I wouldn't take shortcuts that you think may benefit you now. So... Don't compromise your integrity for anything. And over time, more and more good things will happen. And then, you know, maybe you'll start a podcast. No, there's no direct money in podcasting. We know this. So anyone listening, guys, 
give Xenia a a review. Share this with like I usually say this at the end, but you know, if you're <laughs> someone on my media who's found this, like go give her a review because she does this out of passion, not because like, oh my God, I'm getting paid, you know, in six figure endorsement deals. This is not <laughs> a Rogan experience, right? And we know that. We do it because we enjoy it and we do it because we get to connect with other people and enhance and enrich our experience. And anybody listening is a total bonus, by the way. That's the secret, right? We're doing it for ourselves, not for you guys. You guys just <laughs> along for the ride, and and we absolutely. Hope you I was like, if I could get, if I could do just in my free time, have conversations with genuinely kick-ass humans who are doing fucking killer things in the industry. I was like, that's that's a fucking great life in my eyes. And it's one of the things that, and here's an attitude in your career. Look at the things you feel like you have to do that that are a drain on you. And maybe maybe you just don't do things because out of a sense of obligation like you think you have to. But if you turn around, like for me, writing for my own website was something I wanted to do. I didn't even imagine someone would come along and invite me to write for the stuff I'm writing for now. I never imagined in a million years. And I certainly didn't imagine public speaking. And I sure didn't imagine a fairly large Instagram following. That to me, like, I definitely had the limiting belief, like, oh, I can never do that. And that's fine. But I just kept leaning into things as opportunities appeared. And then once, you know, I was regular on T Nation and I had the podcast, at one point I just decided, okay, I've got to have to take Instagram seriously and have a presence and, and be interactive on there. And my my goal was, I think just through the people I knew, I had about 3,000 followers in end of 2019. So I started sharing and it was growing gradually, gradually. And, and I had some big names who are friends of mine in the industry who started sharing my stuff like Dr. Mike Isertel and Jordan Syap. So that helped push it faster. But the initial pace, I did the math. I'm like, all right, well, I should hit about 10,000 followers in two years. And I'm like, all right, that'd be pretty good. Well, I mean, I hit 10,500 in one year, which I thought, all right, cool. And then by year end of year two, it was at 35,000. And then the end of year three, it was 95,000. I was like, well, shit, look what happened there. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting that. And that's been very valuable. There's all these people who cry about it and whine about people large followings. It's like, well, that's a sour grapes attitude because they have struggled to, I think, be really consistent with the application of the things that it takes. Again, mm -hmm. I have a lot of advantages. I have some big name brands that I can that I'm affiliated with, like these publications. And because of my travel, I know a lot of industry leaders who have endorsed or shared my stuff at, at various points, which has led to a greater push of people my way. But if you're the person who posts every second day for three weeks and gets frustrated because, hey, my social media is not growing, well, isn't that kind of what happens when the client who gets frustrated quits after three weeks because their inconsistent nutrition and, and workouts aren't working and then they quit? That, that's mm -hmm. What would you tell them? You would yeah. say, like, oh, where else just... is this showing up in your life, right? right. <laughs> and it's funny how traders, it'll show up for trainers. And, Here's another side to it too, is like, you know, having a, a social media following is not the be all end all. I actually think it's a wrong approach. I think the right approach is to serve the person in front of you. You know, if you have a few thousand followers, show up, consistently serve and engage with those people and right? create useful information on any social media platform that people you know in real life, serve them. And if you get better at figuring out ways to share good information that are themselves the, the the social media platform they are shareable excuse me boom, uh and engaging then people will start sharing it they will engage with it more 
it'll get in front of more people and at least initially it will incrementally start growing and then you can serve and cater to those people as they show up who self-select to your style, message, personality, media, et cetera. And then over time, if you continue to apply this formula, usually it will grow. And sometimes it will grow gradually, but progressively. And sometimes something will hit and you will see more accelerated growth over time. And then at the end of the day, if you're still serving the client in front of you and you're getting busier through word of mouth referral, then you become less reliant on worrying about trying to grow these media platforms as shit, I need this for my business. And it becomes, hey, I get to do this because I enjoy it. You can set boundary around the time it takes to do the things. You can carefully select which things. For example, video. I struggle with video and I find I've got a bit of a limiting belief and a bottleneck around it. But I also understand to fit full-time coaching in person, uh, which also includes, well, my online coaching, I probably have almost 20 clients online. I have an online women's group strength program with a partner. I have the podcast, which is a weekly podcast. We have a second podcast with the women's group. Um, whatever writing things or projects are going on. Now, of course, I have to prepare presentations and travel. I have 10 events this year. Okay, I can reuse some of those. That's fine. At the same time, my workouts each week, which are probably five to six days a week, there's a firm boundary around that and I've been trying to do a little more cardio my sleep is non-negotiable so I give myself eight hours of sleep opportunity a night and so people are going well where the hell do you find time for all this stuff <laughs> you've got 36 do... hours in a day <laughs> for sure no well one of the things is is you know there are a lot of days because of the goals I have where you know I may only have about an hour hour and a half by the end of the day to kind of sit down and I, I'm just not that interested in most tv unless it's a series that I really am interested in I'm a big fan of the witcher for the video here, there's Witcher figures up on my on my bookshelf. <laughs> but even Witcher, after this season, they gone and pissed off Henry Cavill to where he's leaving. And no disrespect to Liam Hemsworth, but he ain't Henry Cavill for this role. Henry was born <laughs> to play it. And they've also been screwing up some other elements of the show. So me and my best friend, we joke and we're like, this is our last season for this. And I'm a diehard Witcher fan, so we shall see. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, you you will make the time for the things that are important to you. And if you are fulfilled by these things, and ultimately, if you're patient with them, and then they help feed into the, your big picture, I tend to find it all aligns. I and mean, you're going to find time for the stuff that matters. Totally. Totally. I really love, and you you mentioned, which I didn't know, the, um, the women's online stuff and the women's podcast. I have seen some of your social media posts talking particularly to um, your very strong views on women and children getting into the gym and taking up space and getting strong. I would love to hear from your perspective, what makes you so passionate about speaking about those things because you are neither a child nor a woman. Right. <laughs> Hey coach, if you're enjoying this episode, I wanted to quickly jump in and let you know we have an incredible offer for a business webinar coming up on July 20th. We are going to be talking all things creating high consistent income with your very own irresistible offer and without using any sleazy sales tactics. So if creating an offer and switching from trading time for money to creating programs and packages and an irresistible offer sounds like something for you, then click the link in the show notes and you can register for free to join us on the 20th of July. See you there. I don't have kids either. So sometimes things are fortunate accidents. So when I, when I set out again, 3000 followers, I'm writing for T Nation, which is primarily a men's audience. And then 
True Coach, which is coaches, and then Generation Iron, again, mostly male audience. Okay. But over time, I'm just writing things for social media that resonate. And I draw from personal experience. And I've got, you know, a, a few clients who have brought their kids and the kids have just like hung out and watched and seen their moms, you know, getting strong and lifting. And, and it inspired a post back in 2021 that went relatively viral given the size of my following. And I've reused that post a number of times. And every time I've used it, it's caught massively viral. And so it, I did so semi-recently again. And I noticed that certain themes that I observe from my experience, they resonate. And over time, my audience on my Instagram following, I think is like 63% women. And that wasn't by design or intention, but the stuff that seems to bubble to mind seems to appeal better to women. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. On average, women are better fitness consumers than men are on average. Totally just, agree. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, half of my clientele in person are men. Half of my online clients are men. I don't. I'm not that, I think there are male coaches who do a really good job of serving exclusively women, female audiences. I also think that can be a little bit dubious at times. Depends on the way that they go about it, the integrity. Uh, I've seen some greasy stuff. But, you know, I think that if the audience self-selects to you and your messaging, there are people in the industry who are male coaches who are extraordinarily popular with female enthusiasts, coaches. Someone like Jordan Syatt's messaging is really good towards women. Lane Norton's messaging is really great towards women. And there are plenty of other examples. And then there are hardcore strength and conditioning and powerlifting people. It's like straight men want to follow what they're saying. Cool. Whatever floats your boat. But it's really just a happy accident that, and then I just continue to try to share thoughts. And then one of the other ones you alluded to is the whole idea of women taking up space. Well, sure. We've seen plenty of examples of women who are definitely, you know, intimidated by stereotypes about the gym or they're they're not they'll go to the gym but they'll go in the women's room which is fine and i actually think it's great because there's a lot of reasons why women can and actually should use that space because we don't know what kind of experience they've had with you know sure. people in their lives right so some pretty complicated shit could happen there so they may genuinely not be ready to step out into the middle of the freeway area but for some women who are just a little bit hesitant and intimidated by it well it's like a you have just as much right to use that space as anybody else. And I do like the message of why don't you take up space, right? Don't, don't hide away and, you know, give that space to, you know, what, whoever else you think is more entitled to it. You are just as entitled to it as they are. So go use the space. And it's not about being an asshole or bad etiquette. It's about, Hey, there's a bench, there's space, literally use it. And if you get some jackass, which this shit is super rare, by the way, even though like, people perpetuate these stereotypes it's gonna be very rare that some guy waters a log and like gives you grief because they think they deserve it better than you because they're bigger and stronger well trust me i know lots of women who are stronger than a lot of the men that walk around in gyms so we can we can set that aside anyway just don't put your goals your personal fitness goals your mental health goals your emotional wellness goals your goals to be a to be someone who has the strength and stamina physically and, and mentally to care, give for some other people in your life to be a parent. Don't set that aside because of some narrative that has been crafted as to why you can't or shouldn't or why you don't deserve it as much as somebody else. And I just like beating down and setting aside these limiting beliefs and these narratives. And it's fun to play with the stuff on the 
this more superficial touch point that is social media, which you can just dabble in superficial thoughts or, or surface level thoughts. And then you can kind of go deeper that the post about kids in gyms, especially mothers and daughters, which is pinned at the top of my profile, if anyone wants to see so damn popular that my friend Jonathan Goodman liked it. And he did, you know, a, an inspired post. And of course, at the time, Jonathan, he still has the personal trainer development center. He's sort of rebranding. And a lot of coaches over the years have written for that. So I said to him, I was like, do you want me to write a more, you know, involved piece and publish it on the PTDC? He said, absolutely. So we did that in a video that company did. So I have an official publishing credit for the personal trainer development center. He paid me for it. And it was a nice collaboration, essentially. So something really cool came out of it. So you can often take popular social media concepts and then turn around and do more with them in the form of long form article writing, which is a great way to get your ideas in video, because video is still super popular, you know, podcast, or some form of media that's longer than just social media. And I think for coaches who are very serious about a long game career and who are, we got kids yelling in the uh, background, if you guys can hear it. That's interesting. Uh, hopefully you guys can't hear that. If you are interested in the long game and brand development, which not every coach is, then you probably need to do something that's a little bit deeper than just social media. You need to pick a long form type of content that a you're you're more inclined towards or willing to invest learning the skill of. And, and I think writing is still very fundamental, but video is also an essential skill. And and do more of it. And even if you're not very good at it at the start, do it before anybody's really watching. Get the rough reps out of the way. Mm. Develop the skill. Stay stay the course with it. And over time, your audience will grow, your skill will grow, and it will put you in a position where you never know what kind of opportunity will present itself. And in my particular case, was writing and turning into teenage. And quite frankly, I did dabble in YouTube a long time ago before the podcast. And it was my friend seeing my YouTube. He said, hey, you'd make a good podcast co-host. I didn't get anywhere with the video, but it flipped into the podcast that is still alive almost The opportunities, late, right? Which led to all these other great opportunities. So uh, I think long-form content is a really good investment of your time and energy. Mm. And again, you don't have to build it up to be this big thing. You don't need a team. You don't need fancy editing with your podcasting. And you can develop a skill. One of the best ways to develop a skill of writing is to write. And I would recommend, if anybody's interested in learning more about writing, you can message me on Instagram personally. I will give you some book recommendations to start with that will help you with that skill. Okay, I'm a Do you big wanna- believer. Do you want to maybe like create a little document? We can just chuck it in the show notes as well. Like if if people want to reach out to you, I'm totally cool with that. But like we could even just chuck something in so they can get access immediately. Let them message me. That way, you know, it, it makes them act because I want, and I believe in this, you know, if you guys are serious, do something, take an action, which means send the message. And if I learn a little bit more where you are, I can hand pick one okay, or two cool. books that I think are really good places as opposed to giving someone here are 10 books to read because mm-hmm. then you know what people do the ones that are like sort of committed they'll go grab all the books and then they'll start reading all the books and then you feel like hey i'm doing something really productive which is just reading and consuming information when in fact you're emotion it's a, an emotionally soothing form of procrastination to just continue to do nothing but to binge through educational resources learning yeah. is great but at some point you also have to say Here's a boundary around action and I have to act. So the first action is to message me 
and I will give you a couple of resources to start on. But then while you're doing it, if you don't have the website, okay, A, if you have have any skill in being able to put together a website landing page, go do it. It's easier than before. I still am useless at this. So for me, my best friend built it for me. She's one of the most amazing humans in the world. And without that action, I don't have all the cool stuff I have right now. So mm-hmm. I think if you don't have your website, I would invest in, even if you have a friend who will do it for just a simple one, a place where you can write a blog, your basic information, clients can find you. That's a starting point. A few years later, I invested in a very professional website by someone who did the work for a good friend of mine, uh, my friend Lee Boyce. So I hired his web developer. He did a killer job. I love the website. He's easy to work with. And then when it came time to build out the website for our women's strength program, we turned around and we invested again and had him build a website that had more functionality. So you can do this stuff in steps and and just get what you need for right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I was trying to find, I'm trying to find your website. Is it under your name? Yep. Where Andrew Coates Fitness. So Andrew Coates Fitness is my website. Perfect. Awesome. Um, beautiful. I'm it's also linked to my, check that out it should later. be linked to my Instagram bio. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I would love to rewind for a second. You mentioned that you feel like you have a leg up because you've created friends in the industry, but I'm assuming you didn't start like that. And there's probably some coaches out there being like, well, I don't know anyone. And Andrew's had a leg up and whatever. So why don't we go back to how you started to attend those things and create those relationships to get into a position where people did come from T Nation and whatever and say, hey, please write for us. Because I've had a little bit of this myself, but I'd, I'd love to hear your experience. So this is really good because there's some there's something really fundamentally important in here. The mistake is to try to curry the favor and ask for the time of the industry leaders. Giant mistake. The smart thing to do is to, first of all, I think industry podcasts are great because you can learn a lot more about who are smart leaders, thought leaders in the industry. So that's one. But two, look for opportunities within your budget and your geographic radius where educational events are either being posted in your city or events that have you know, a strong lineup of people are somewhere that you can, you can get to. And then you make a priority of attending, maybe it's one a year, two a year, whatever, you know, you have within your budget, right? Even if you have to save up a little bit for it. And you go there, not with the intent to try to cozy up to all the speakers. Okay. That's not how this works. It may, you may be at an event, like I've been at a lot where the speakers are very much immersed in the experience. You get to have dinner with them go if you can go drinking with the speakers stick around for the dinner and the drinks for the love of god do that okay that's a great idea but the real value is to get to know the other people who self-select to those kind of events because they're the people on the same journey as you so really really good example the first event i went to was called the fitness summit in kansas city 2017 and i knew my friend hannah gray was from edmonton coach under the same old company she was going down as well because our friend, Dean Somerset, who also worked under that same old company, uh, who was fairly well, very well known in the industry, very well respected. He was one of the speakers. The lineup of speakers included people that I'd followed their media for a while, like Brett Contreras and Spencer Nadolsky and uh, Pete Dupuis was in that lineup, the co-owner of Cressy Sports Performance Mm -hmm. and the the whole big array of really well-liked coaches. And then there are some pretty 
famous and successful people in the in, in the industry who are just in attendance, like Andy Morgan, who lives in Japan now, or Greg Knuckles, Sohi Lee, there's a whole bunch of others. But there are also nearly a couple hundred coaches who are you know, kind of similar to me or, or people who are insiders who, who knew a lot of people. And so I just met them. I added them to social media, had fun, hung out, had drinks, et cetera. And I met two, two of the people I met there. One was my person who went, went on to be my friend, Tim Arndt. So Tim, he's a gym manager at a Spokane, Washington, small city, Western U.S. Turns out on his media, discovered that he hosts a small regional um, event. And I'm like, all right, cool. It's got a good lineup. So I attended in 2018. I attended in 2019. And of course, the world, we're not going to talk about 2020, but in 2021, he wanted to get it going again. Travel was a bit of a thing, but he had a speaker dropout and he asked me, hey, because my media had started to grow. I'm already writing for some of the stuff. And he said, you know, I want you to come speak at this. I'm like, well, I've never done any of this sort of stuff before. He's like, are you sure you don't want to ask this friend of mine here? He's like, no, no, no I want you to do it. I'm like, okay. So I said yes to an opportunity before I felt ready. And then I worked really hard at learning some of those skills. I read a couple of books on public speaking, put together a presentation and it went great. One of the other speakers had an event. He turned around and invited me to come speak at his event because we hit it off and word got out. So that turned into a few more invitations, which turned into more and more. And all of a sudden, you know, literally 18 events in two years. So one of, this, one of the other people I met at that first event in Kansas City was my friend, Jeff Aker. Turns out he's from nearby city of Calgary. Turns out he's the provincial, Alberta provincial director of the NSCA, big organization. So, and he does a provincial clinic in Alberta every year. So I went to it in 2018. I went to it in 2019. I was just at it this past Saturday to support. But in 2022, when he was rebooting it after two years of no in-person, we got to talking and he asked me to come and speak at it. So people I met who were like, they're not the biggest names of the industry. They just happen to be cool people I had drinks with and got on social media, turned out to be great friends who I supported with no expectation of, hey, I'm I'm going to go to this in hopes I'm going to speak one day. I mean, at that point, I would have been terrified of the idea of getting up on stage, wouldn't even thought of it. But through work and time, I was in a position where I was ready and they decided that I'd be a good fit. Things went great. I prepared myself because I wanted to make their decision, you know, validate the decision to make it worthwhile. And I want the audience to enjoy it and take away something valuable. And I, I turned out to really enjoy this. So now I put more time and effort into it and it has grown a lot. So take that attitude. Try to develop authentic relationships and support and connect with people who are on the same journey that you are. And they're going to be a lot of those people are going to go on to do really cool stuff. But again, do it not because you're trying to invest in as many quote junk bonds as possible in the hope that one of them really pays off. The goal is just to support people because you want to spend time around people who are growing and doing cool things who will inspire you to work harder, who will be doing things that you never thought to do, which will help break you out of the limiting box and belief and framework that you came up through the industry within. And it may inspire you to do more things with your career that could lead to other opportunities. And if you always approach it from that point of view and never feeling entitled to anything. And another thing that I find is tricky. I get a lot of people asking me for things that I don't think that they've put themselves in a position for yet. So I hosted an event with a team um, 
uh, with a group of organizers in 2019. And it went really well. But I emceed it, but I didn't speak because I had no public speaking experience of my own. So my goal wasn't, hmm, let's create an event so I can speak. I featured everybody else. So our 2021 got canceled because of, well, you know. And so I got together with one of my partners in it and we decided right, we're going to relaunch this for 2023. And because of my connections, I knew a lot of great speakers, mostly Canadian. I wanted to, you know, have certain topics and, and demographics represented. So that way it was a really appealing event to a broad array of coaches. And when I announced that I was doing this event, my inbox was full of people going, hey, can I come speak at your event? The problem was, is that overwhelming majority of those people uh, weren't in a position where I felt these are the these are the coaches who are going to maximize the appeal that are going to put butts in seats. And a lot of the cases, these are coaches who they should be there in attendance to grow, but they weren't in a position yet where I felt, okay, yes, I need to put you on stage because I have a limited budget to transport people and house them. And I have a limited number of speaking slots. So I need to maximize on star power essentially. Right. <laughs> and so I wanted this to be a really great event for everybody. And there were people who messaged me. I'd never interacted before. And it's fairly evident that this person is only interested in what's what benefits them. Mm. And this is my point. Some of those people, the only person that would have benefited from them speaking was them, which is, that's a no. So I think it's okay to strategically ask for stuff, but I think you have to be alert to what's reasonable. One of my other pet peeves is, you know, sometimes coaches will go on a spree and they'll ask to appear on all the podcasts. I've never asked to appear on a single podcast. I've been invited on well north of a hundred. I will always try to come on, and I'm, my hope is that the audience enjoys it and the host has a great time and to make the host look good. But I, I don't like asking for things. Or I will ask in such a tactical way that I know that I can over deliver. So there, there have been a couple of publications after being asked on a lot where I developed a relationship with someone, a friend or whatever who was connected. And I, I let, in one case, I let a friend know because the friend was begging me, how can I help you? Like, and I'm like, dude, no, it's okay. I, I just, I'm here to support you. We're good. He's like, no, how can I help you? I said, well, one of my goals one day is to write for X publication. He's like, done. Sends an email right away to his friends or the editors and sets it up. And sure enough, it follows. I follow through on it. I over deliver and I get that formal writing credit. But I don't like just going to people I don't know and go, hey, can I come and do this? Can I come on your show? It's like, no. And I get people who are in my inbox who don't even follow my social media. They send a an assistant be like, hey, you know, my person here has a really great story. You know, we want to come on your podcast. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but no. Right. So I, I hope this makes sense in principle. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be wise to ask when you know it's an appropriate ask that you can really deliver on. But I had Ebenezer Samuel, who's the editor, uh, the director, fitness director of men's health on my podcast recently. And he said, quote, this blunt, and I agree with him. No one cares about your story right? That's, that's actually it. They're not interested in your story. The podcast host and the audience are interested in what benefits them. Okay? Yeah. Your story doesn't benefit them. For you, if you bring a podcast guest on, you want someone who probably has media that's going to share it through and someone whose stuff and ideas you're so interested in, you think it's going to actually be really great for your listeners because your listeners are also committing their time. If you pull together a string of bad guests, those listeners are going to go elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So either way, I'm of the, the mindset, work so hard and put yourself in a position where people line up to ask you to do things. 
Fuck. I love that. I was going to, we usually finish these uh, with an actionable uh, item. I feel like that's a fucking perfect snippet to uh, sort of just rail up. I want to, I want to make sure we get you out of here on time because you've got clients and, and whatnot. So I will ask though, if there was one thing and maybe outside of DMing you for personal book recommendations, which um, please take Andrew up on that because that's a fucking gold mine in itself to be able to connect with the minds of, of industry leaders. Um, so there's that. Um, let me know how many people you get from that too. I'd love to hear who actually follows through and commits on that. Um, and then, yeah, if there's one actionable thing that listeners would take away from this conversation today or something you'd like them to take action on, because we're huge on taking action, what would you like to impart? I do think it's, let me grab this thought. When you have an interaction with another person, whether it's someone else in the industry or especially the client in front of you, focus on finding a way to make sure that they come away from that interaction with value, with something that makes their day better, makes them feel better. Make it about them. Make them feel important. Make them feel listened to. Listen to them. Hear them, right? Instead of making it about you or making asking, how, how does this interaction benefit me? Ask yourself, how does this interaction benefit you, the other person? And if you take that attitude through life, I promise you the world will give you back 10 times what you're able to give to it, to it and to the people in front of you. And that has been my experience over a very long time horizon, which is why I'm in some of the cool positions that I'm in. So yes, if anybody has a question, right, and it can be book related to the book or otherwise, please send me a DM on Instagram. I see them all. I see the ones in the, you know, the hidden folder. I will always respond to them. If it turns out that it's like some sort of spam bot, I sometimes make fun of it, or I will usually just block them out, right? But a real person who listened to this, tell me you heard this. I will always give you the best answer I possibly can uh, because that's doing that sort of thing is what got me from 3,000 followers to 4,000 followers. So yes, there come bed with limitations, I think, for some people, especially you know people with young families. And not everybody treats their social media the same way I do. And they're entitled to set those boundaries. But I'm still in a position where I can respond to all that stuff. And I kind of hope I always can. Who knows? And it's me. You know, I will often send voice messages, send me text. I will send voice mostly in return. We'll see um, because the industry has been kind to me. So I definitely want to support other people. And I hope that that will also earn, uh, you know, something like a follow on social media, or you can check out some of my other resources. But I mean, first and foremost, you know, take Xenia's podcast. And like I said, share it with someone in your world give a review. A lot of you guys are listening and you're like, oh shit, I've still never done the review. Give the review. Find a way to give back because again, like we said, we're not getting paid for this and we're taking our, you know, an hour to two hours out of our personal time to do this. And if someone happens to have found this podcast through my media, well, take a scroll through, take a look, look at some of the other topics, look at some of the other guests, and you may want to stick around for more. So Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Last, before you run off um, to go and serve your humans, um, where are we DMing you on Instagram? What's your DM name? Um, and uh, any other places that we can find your interact with you? All roads go through Instagram. I mean, I have Facebook, sure. I don't mess around with TikTok. I, I do have an account, but I never check it. So um, I just don't have the bandwidth for everything. 
So Instagram at Andrew Coates Fitness. Coates is spelled C-O-A-T-E-S. And then you can find any other stuff that I'm doing. I will share it through there. You can find my website. You can find my podcast. Uh, my email list is on my podcast, etc. But for the time being, check out Instagram. See if you like what I'm doing. Maybe I'll earn your continued patronage. Thank you. I love that. Of course, my pleasure. And um, I would absolutely recommend um, giving Andrew a follow. I think that the really short snippets, the Twitter style screenshots of your your thoughts and um, in the industry, both from the business mind and also the the technical side of things, which is a very no bullshit approach, which is um, absolutely what I'm about. Um, it's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to continue to watch you grow and explore this relationship further. And um, I will let you um, get off to your client. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. My pleasure. I will talk to you soon, Andrew. Once again, just a reminder, our biz webinar on creating high consistent income with your very own irresistible offer is coming up really quickly. It is the 20th of July, and it is a three powerful hour webinar. If you want to join in and see what it's all about behind the scenes, then register for that. Link is in the show notes for you. Did you find something valuable in this episode? If so, I'd like to ask a tiny favor. If you have 30 seconds now, I'd love you to follow or share the podcast. That way, we can continue to bring you more real, raw, and uncensored stories from industry leaders. We also love hearing from you and what you loved about every episode. The best way to reach out is to DM me personally on Instagram, at Swift Coaches Academy. Until next time, and in whatever you do, move swiftly.